Welcome back, folks, to Two Bits One Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, a man who hates the summer, and a man who's close-minded, Dan Masters, with my good friend, a man who understands why tentacle porn is quite popular. Will Everett. Will, how are you? <laughs> yeah, very well, very well, though. On top of being sticky and slimy from the tentacles, I'm also very sticky and sweaty from this wonderful British summer of 21 degrees. It is the classic... British complaint that it gets above 20 degrees and we all have to moan because it's too hot. I'll tell you what there was that offensively, did you have like a really humid day? Uh, yeah, Saturday, weeks ago? it was like 30, well it was 31 degrees on Saturday, which oh. is just horrible. That's, that's why I'm kind of glad that I live out in the sticks because it wasn't, it was only about 28, but no, it was like the week, week before it was on like a Thursday or something and yeah, it was just horrendously horrendously humid here. I felt like I was Sergei Bobrovsky, getting ready for my life in the Florida swamps. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get on to Bobrovsky in a minute, but uh, I do have a question of the week for you, Will. Go on, hit me, Dan. We seem to be now coming to the end of eight-year contracts, or even two-year contracts, or three years, for players coming out of their ELC. The new norm, set by Arizona's favourite golden boy, Austin Matthews, is now five years. Is this definitely the end of the eight-year contract, do you think, for these young players? I mean, I don't think definitely, <clears throat> excuse me, because we've still got quite a few RFAs left to sign, you know, your Braden Points, your Miko Rantanen's, some kid in Toronto, I forget what his name is. Yeah. So, you know, just because just cause Matthews has signed five years, um, Maya went four, and obviously there was the Arho offer sheet, which is five. Yeah, it does seem like we're trending that way, but I don't necessarily... And until we've got through the, you know, the entirety or at least the bulk of the RFAs this year, I don't think we can have a, a true idea of where we're going moving forward. So I think Matthews has set the bar, though. That kind of, I'll get five years, then I, and, you know, I'll take a big sum for five years, then I can walk into free agency and get another massive payout. I hope so. I hope so, because it's going to... It's good for the players. You know, players are finally realising, actually, it's in my better interest to sign as short a deal as possible and walk straight up to unrestricted free agency or like Jacob Trooper sort of did that in a roundabout way but not yeah, not quite but that maximises the earning potential for the young players and, and it's also gonna yeah if we keep ending up with superstar players really high quality calibre hockey players hitting sorry getting to the end of their contract early in their free agency years say 26, 27, 28 because of these short bridge deals it's gonna lead to situations like New York Islanders had last year with John Tavares jumping ship, you're going to have more better players in the free agent market because they're hitting it at a prime time and, and the teams won't have necessarily the space to re-sign them and stuff like that. I think it's interesting that you one of the first things we discussed when we started doing this show was you kept asking, why did these young players feel the need to sign an eight-year contract just because the team drafted them? Why are they doing it? I don't understand. You're just locking yourself into maybe a disastrous team for aeons. See Jack Eichel, for example. I think it was him that you made the the compare. You know, the um, I think it was him that you made the argument with. Like, why has he signed an eight year deal? He's immediately, you know, what if this team never gets any better? He's just stuck there, and no one's going to want to take on that contract if he's not performing at a max level. So definitely, like Eichel only has to look across the waterfall to see a player who, you know, the the next great American hope, like he was. Only only drafted a year after him, they're effectively the same age, and he's getting the same salary, but he's not trapped to a team for eight years like Eichel is. And and same for Connor, like Connor's got to look look east at Toronto and what's happening with 
plenty of other young players still getting a decent decent wedge salary wise but again not not tied in it's now yeah so so counterproductive they're definitely it's it's good that this it's the younger generation i didn't i didn't read all of it but i, I saw about that um Wyshynski was talking to Austin Matthews about comparisons to the NBA and things like that and he was saying that you know hockey players now are not just going to the arena in a plain black suit they're at least showing something they're at least showing a bit of mm. life and a bit of personality and these contracts are definitely going to I think ho- hopefully hopefully more of these young players start to realize that why, why are we tied why are we tied to this team unless it's a team you've said for the, your entire life I want to play for this team and that's the only team I ever wanted to play for I don't know, if you're a kid out of Ottawa and you get drafted by Florida, who gives a shit? You know, it doesn't matter what's on the front of your jersey. It doesn't matter. You've got to maximise your inning potential when you can. And I'm hoping these new... Did they call it, they call it like a... Is it like a pseudo-bridge or something they're calling it now, these five-year deals? And I just think... <laughs> That's yeah, a bridge by the name, really, isn't it? Right. Yeah, I, I think it's... Um, I hope it's going to be the future. I hope it is. Because I think, like you say... It'll make definitely more interesting things for us fans as well, where you're getting more players coming up to their peak of free agency. I think your your surefire superstars, your know, Ali, your your Matthews, your McDavid's. I think to an extent, like it's in their best interest to sign one year deals if if you can get the team to do it. Because imagine imagine if like oh, I don't know what the percentage was when. When David signed maybe like fourteen percent or something when he signed that twelve point five deal. If he signed fourteen percent of the cap in year one, then fourteen percent of the cap in year two, so on and so on and so on, you're gonna increase keep getting more and more money. And I know you do want some level of certainty against injuries and stuff like that, but I don't know, if you're Conor McDavid, fuck it. I suppose. I guess if I guess if it's a not that it's not that it's happened, but we'll talk about it later, but like a Sebastian Arho offer sheet situation where the Canadians were going to pay him $21 million in the first 12 months. If you get that kind of deal with that bonus structure, you could do that because then you, you've already made enough money. So you're like, you know, well, in 12 months, you're going to make $20 million plus. So if I sign here for, say, two years, fine. After that, I'll just be a, I'll just, I'll just be a hired gun. I'll just mercenary myself out. That'd be amazing. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be perfect. I mean, I don't... I don't think we're going to get quite to that extreme, but if players start oh, no, signing for five not. years rather than eight years when they're twenty-one, that's that's a start, isn't it? We're yeah, we're very close now to mercenary levels. I feel we're taking a step closer, and that can only be a good thing. I think. I'd, I'd hope so. Matt, Matt Deshane is uh, paving the way for us all in that regard. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty then. Should we start the show? Yeah. bounce around the world i'll start this week well let's take a trip to asia where the roads Mm. are wide for planes to land and people starve to death in the streets as we take an in-depth look at the north korean ice hockey championships (laughs) the premier ice hockey competition of kim jong-un's glorious nation i was wondering which country you were gonna highlight this is this is fucking racy (laughs) No, no. Uh, only factual statements on here. Yeah. In the 
it's uh, well documented that there is a, a massive food problem in North Korea and the roads are incredibly wide for in case of war so that planes can land on any street. Did you know that? I, d- I didn't know the plane bit, no. That's, yeah, uh, yeah. The, that's uh, the majority yeah. of the the majority of the main roads in North Korea are something like eight lanes wide and they're all perfectly square to each other. Kind of like you know like you get blocks in America. It's like that but yeah. they're hugely wide and somebody was a there was a famous wrestling tour there and one of the wrestlers said to one of the North Korean guides, Why are the roads like this? And they said, Oh, it's so planes can land in the event of a war. And they're like, Okay then <laughs> Jesus. That's fucked up. I know, right? Now this is gonna be a quick look at North Korea because when I said an in depth report, the only information I could find was that it was formed in nineteen fifty six. Yes, they've had ice hockey in North Korea that's... since nineteen fifty six. So and I could only annoying. find I know, yeah, and I could only find some winners. I couldn't find all the winners. Because the winners of the ice hockey championships of North Korea in 2017, 2015, 2012, 2002, and 2000, the winners are just listed as unknown. Oh, I'm not sure why that is. Is. is that on Elite Prospects or? No, well, it's on it's on Wikipedia, so it must be true. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, nobody knows. Nobody knows. No, no, nobody knows. You can't get the information out of North Korea about who won the ice hockey championships in 2000. It's it's impossible to get information. The only other thing that was quite startling was that the competition was won in 1999 by a team that's only won it once in their history called Pyeongchang Susan. Nice. What yeah. on Susan? <laughs> what on Susan? Uh, is it's it's not a team, Susan's? it's just like a... Um, no, it's just one person, and they call her Pyeongchang Susan. It's just She's one shit Susan hot. from Pyeongchang. <laughs> she was a shit hot North Korean prospect, but they wouldn't let her out of the country. <laughs> she was so good she won it on her own. <laughs> but she could never leave. That's, that's why they kept her. They just kept her imprisoned. Yeah, that's what. That's why it's unknown. They tried to scrub her from the record books because they keep <laughs> trotting her out once a year. To this year, we're going to defeat Susan, and it just never happens. I feel as you're joking here about a player having signed a bad contract and being held hostage by a team in the NHL. But I can't. I can't think of one. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't get to a player quickly. Sort of Pyeongchang Susan is North Korea's answer too. And I couldn't. I couldn't think of a player quick enough who like was stuck in a contract he couldn't get out of. Well, you know who you know who is stuck in a stuck in a contract. Really good player. Go on. Demolishing the opposition. It was Conor McDavid, isn't it? Pyeongchang Susan is North Korea's answer to Conor McDavid. Yeah, but I don't think he wants to leave, does he? That's the thing with hockey yeah. players, NHL players. They're too good. They don't want to leave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are you implying that Pyeongchang Susan doesn't want to leave her? Uh... North Korean gulag either. No, no, no. She does want to leave. That's why it's. But yeah. how do you how do you know? She's she's clearly a multi-time champion of the North Korean Hockey League. Let's <laughs> get the vision. Just a small North Korean woman just dominating these dudes. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Anyway, yeah, that was it. That was a uh, <laughs> that was our in-depth look at North Korean hockey. <laughs> that's that's really good. I'm glad I'm glad we un, un uh, uncovered the legend of Pyeongchang Susan. There you go. I'm, uh, I'm going to be a bit closer to home with my uh, my look around the world at the uh, EIHL, Dan. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. The, uh, the Elite Ice Hockey League. Not not looking at the league as a whole, but Robert Farmer, famed GB hero, is looking to leave the Nottingham Panthers next season. Still under contract with the Panthers, but he wants to, to play, play his trade overseas. Nowhere specific has been mentioned, but yeah, if, if Farmer does indeed get a job in 
I don't know where, like the DEL or, or Liga or the SHL or something, that would be fantastic for, for British hockey. I do wonder I do wonder at what point with us remaining in the top tier. I just I just hope we can stay there for a few more years to just keep just keep growing it bit by bit by bit. I know Kirky's over there and great and all that kind of thing, but even Liam Kirk being like the first British born and trained player to be drafted in the NHL, I mean, seriously. It wasn't. You had to go looking for it to find out any reports on him. Mm. Um, yeah, he wasn't. And and the only reports he found were, "Oh, look at this old old Todger, get him drafted out of the British League." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was. It, it was. Uh, I don't want to say it was a sideshow or a circus or anything like that, but that's the only reason people were interested. Yeah, I agree to a point. I mean, I don't think I don't think they would have. I don't think they would have taken him if they didn't think there was something there because he was. Oh no, he's definitely heavily, not. Heavily towered. I mean, I think he's he's done okay this year for Peterborough, hasn't he? He's not. He did. He got you know, going in the second half of the season. He scored. Yeah. Well over a point per game, so he's he's finding yeah. his feet. Exactly. I, I just mean like he only got more airtime. Oh yes. Yeah, what was yes. he? Was he sixth round or seventh round? I think he was seventh. I either way, yeah, splitting hairs. He got so much more airtime because of where he's from, rather yeah, than yeah, that's true, that's true. Anything else? It's like um, like the stars drafted a kid last year. Um, Jermaine Lowen. Did you hear about him? Oh yeah, yeah. Born born in Jamaica. I mean, they drafted him. They didn't offer him a contract, and now he's a free agent. So, but yeah, he got more more airtime because of where he's from, and it's it's a great story. But yeah, Liam Kirk is until proven otherwise. Unfortunately, in that sort of category of. Almost a novelty pick in a way. It's just mad though. I don't know. I just don't know how you. How you... Oh, I've said it a million times, but it needs a better TV deal. It needs to be on Sky. Simple yeah. as that. It's as simple as that. It needs to be uh, on Sky on a Sunday. The NBA is on. Yeah, on Sundays on Sky, there's a, a dedicated channel and they will have the NBA on all day. And it's not just games, it's NBA this week, it's NBA on the fly or whatever their show's called it's it's all that and they just have it on all day and at some point people are just going to go oh, I'll give this a watch for 10 minutes and that's how people stick and you know until that happens it's uh, you know we're not going to get anywhere unfortunately it's, it's like you say with staying in the top flight of, of the world championships for a couple of years that'd be useful so that because so, the core of Team GB at the moment are generally older guys yeah, yeah. So, like, for example, there was talk about Ben Bounds going overseas and getting some sort of contract elsewhere. He ultimately stayed in Cardiff because, what, he's 31, 32 and he wants to stay home with his family. Fair play to him. Yeah, that's true. Right. Until you get some younger players in there who are making a bit of a difference and then, yeah, who are in a better position to take up that sort of opportunity. I think that would be a good way to to spread the seed, as it were. Alrighty. Oh, that's gross. Okay. Oh, what yeah. have you got? Yeah, you can go. What have you got for not hockey news this week? I'm again. It's not news because um, I, I just can't do as I'm told. I've been That's watching it. the Chef Show. Have you been watching the Chef Show, Dan? It's on Netflix. What's that guy's name? He's director and he's in. John, he's John Favreau. John Favreau. There we go. And John Favreau. A host of other things. He's in, in Chef. It's really good. I really, I really rate it. Like I, I didn't, I didn't know much of. John Favreau outside of the you know outside of his characters and stuff, but he's a really likable guy. the The guy he does the the uh, the cooking with Roy Choi, fantastic chef it seems, and they've got a really good sort of their relationships really good and really interesting to watch because like you know Favreau seems really sincere. Like this geezer's worth a hundred million dollars, and here he is as he's got some 
you know, a very successful chef, but still just a chef teaching him how to cook sort of thing. And it's, well, Roy Choi um, advised John Favreau, didn't he, for his chef film? That's how yeah, they met. Yeah, that's how they got together, wasn't it? Because yeah. Favreau wanted to actually... He wanted chefs to watch the film and not look at it and think, oh, bloody hell, what, what's he doing that for? That's not realistic sort of thing. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just really interesting. It's nice, easy watching. They're, they're a good pair, just in the sort of sense that, like, it's nice to just watch them chat breeze and stuff like that as well while they're cooking. And the food's really good. Like, it's easy watching, but I'd, I'd definitely say chuck it on. It's just really interesting. There was also a... There's another cooking show on Netflix called Ugly Delicious. And yeah, the, you know, the guy from that, Dave... Yeah, David Chow. David Chow is on. Yeah, he's on this the yeah, show. He's on it with him, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. They cook this thing called Birthday Soup. Yeah, I saw that one. Is, uh, I, only, I yeah. watched it because I watched. I saw David Chow was in it, and I was like, oh, I really like uh, David Chow. So. But sneaky little fact about me, I am an absolute sucker for cooking shows. I will watch them all day. I will watch everybody. I watch... I am a... One of those annoying people, I'll go to a restaurant and get some good food and I'll just be like, oh my God, this is amazing. It's so delicious. <laughs> my wife just looks at me like, you twat. It's like, well, I can't help it. I appreciate the process of cooking and things. I used to cook I used to cook for my job. So I, I know what it takes to make food that people go, oh, this is really great. Thanks. I, you know, I like this kind of thing. It's a great feeling. Ever since, for some reason, ever since I was a kid, I remember being at my grandparents' house when I was like three or four, watching sort of old cookery shows and just being fascinated. And I, I watched MasterChef Australia religiously. I watched, I can't watch everything. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of cooking shows. The uh, the the last thing I'll say about the chef show, which I found quite interesting, is like it doesn't, it shows you quickly what they're putting into each of their um each of their dishes, but it's not, you know, it's not a teaching you how to cook. It's not like a recipe show by any means. Yeah. But there's just certain little things that they do that I've really picked up on that are just really useful general kitchen tips and stuff. Like, I don't know, say the amount of oil and the amount of salt they use and how much they season things and just little things that, yeah, I'm I'm not a, an experienced cook by any, any stretch of the imagination. And it's just useful to see, like, oh, okay, so, yeah, you don't need to be afraid of how much oil or how much salt you're putting in or... Roy Choi says I was seasoned every step of the way and like yeah. I'd never thought about that and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, yeah just really interesting in, in that sort of sense as well. Yeah, it is funny because when I'm, I'm making tea for my daughter and stuff, if she has like mash or something, I'll season it. <laughs> like I don't mm. care if my daughter's having it, I've got to season it. You've got to do like, it properly. It's, it's terrible otherwise, exactly. So minor hockey news is news and a man has fallen out of the landing gear of a plane and landed in someone's garden in London. Mate, I saw something about that, but it was now, this one of those funny. headlines I got. <laughs> it's, it's but it kind of is. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> Did he die? It's not funny because it, but it kind of, yeah, yeah he dead. Um, oh, oh my, yes. Yeah, he froze to death uh, in the in the landing gear when the plane was oh, like 50,000 feet up in the sky. It was a flight from Nairobi to Heathrow. Oh my God. As it was coming into land, landing gear came down, out drops this frozen body. After the plane lands at Heathrow, you know, obviously they find out where which plane it was because of the flight path and all that kind of thing. The body, the plane's inspected, and they find like water and food in the wheel compartment. So, I th- and so they think it's somebody from the airline who snuck into it. I'm not sure if the plan what? is to leave the country or it was done. I don't know for lols or something. Maybe it was like a YouTube thing. I don't know. <laughs> Can you imagine? I'm gonna start weighing this Prime plane. Lol. <laughs> yeah. 
But if there's water and food in this wheel compartment, obviously he'd stored it there at some point before because you would have seen a guy with a backpack climbing into a wheel. I can only imagine that he kind of ran in as quickly as possible when the plane was still on the ground. But the, the funny maybe, thing Maybe was, he was like a... Sorry, maybe he was like a like a run, runway crew or something like that. That's what the, yeah, that's what they're thinking. That obviously he, oh, okay, yeah, I'm sorry, worked. I thought you meant like a bloody... Um, like an air hostess. <laughs> no, he went down in the plane. On post. Why would you do that? You just stay on the plane. Well, yeah, that's what I was thinking. But that's, that's just silly. They'll never suspect a thing. I'll hide in the wheels. You can just stay on the, You can just sit down and land. No, yeah, yeah, yeah you know you're allowed to sit on that little fold-out chair, mate, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. No, so, the thing was, was the garden that the body landed in, somebody was sunbathing in that garden at the time as the body hit the floor. Can you imagine? Can you that's, imagine? I mean, that's not... It really isn't funny at all, is it? And the description, uh, again, it's not funny, but it kind of is. The description was was that the woman who heard the body hit the floor said it sounded like somebody had demolished scaffolding. <laughs> Which, if you think about that, that sounds horrendous. Horrendous. Yeah, that is grim. That's mad grim. (laughs) I just lying there with like, because if I'm when we go on holiday and stuff, I I don't really sunbathe that much. I'm too busy in and out of the pool with my kid. But I'll sometimes have like an hour or so. But I can just imagine you've got your headphones in and just lying there with your eyes closed, and then you hear like some kind of demolished scaffolding in your garden, and you look up and it's just a it's just like a frozen black guy. Like dead in the garden, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, you hear you hear the sound. You do that initial jump of like, oh, what's going on? What's that noise? And then you look up, you see dead body. Ah, just slowly go more and more insane. Dude, it's just nightmare fuel. Nightmare fuel. What a horrible way to go, though. Shout out to that guy, whoever he is. I hope. I hope he. Shout out to that guy. It's too sad. You can't. You can't shout out a dead man. I don't think that's how it works. Of course I can, dude. There's ways to die. That's a fucking way to die. <laughs> Shout out to that guy for doing it that way. Fair enough, not intended, but come on, man. Fair play to him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Close, but not quite. Shall I, I? I'll go first. I believe I have two and you have one, yes? Uh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. But my one is so good that you're um, going to be blown away. Okay. So shout out to TJ Miller, who's an American actor, most famous <laughs> for his roles in Cloverfield, and the voice of Toughnet Thurston in the How to Train Your Dragon series. Miller has left a wildly successful franchise to start in something overblown, which ended up garnering tons of negative reaction, because of course he left Silicon Valley to go and do the Emoji movie. Isn't, isn't think, this the guy, sorry to cut you off, isn't this the guy who phoned in a bomb threat on a train on somebody? That might be the same TJ Miller, yes. I'm sad. That might, might be the He's also the TJ guy. Miller from Deadpool, who's yeah, Deadpool's yeah, yeah. friend in the bar. Yeah, he fucking is. He, he made a fake bomb threat on a train. Uh, because someone was on the on the phone really loud or something like that. There you go. And as TJ Miller has left Silicon Valley to do the Emoji movie, he left the wildly successful franchise to go to do something not quite as good, <laughs> which I think applies to maybe his namesake, JT Miller. If, uh, uh, the... if, if, only, uh, if only JT Miller had a choice in where he'd ended up. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Maybe JT Miller's looking now for his Deadpool. I don't know. But uh, yeah, there you go. TJ and JT Miller. I only I only got to this. I was watching Tim and Sid and uh, Nick Kiprios was on and he kept he kept calling JT Miller TJ Miller. 
I've got Tyler Ennis, who uh, is a point guard for Fenerbahce in the Turkish Basketball League. No way. <laughs> Tyler Ennis, former uh, NBA draft pick. He was taken in the first round in 2014, 18th overall by the Phoenix Suns. As we all know, his counterpart would have been Alex Tuck in the uh, 2014 NHL draft. So he's he's played, I'm going to say, four... No, he played... Oh, my word. Excuse me. Yeah, four seasons in the NBA. So he was drafted by the Suns, played a year in their version of the AHL. Then he played for the Milwaukee Bucks, Houston Rockets, and then two years with the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, he's played less nice. than 200 games in the NBA. And yeah, now he's playing in at Fenerbahce, of all places. Tyler Ennis is, is from Brampton, Ontario, because of course he is. Because of course he is. Um, before, well, as he was a, while he was a kid, obviously playing a lot of basketball, as you probably do before you end up in the NBA, uh, he also played lacrosse. And uh, on his lacrosse team when he was a boy was the one and only Sean Monaghan. Because of course he was. Oh my God. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Isn't that just beautiful? Isn't that just beautiful? That's ridiculous. Mate, that's uh, a great find. How did you find him? I just I just remembered because I saw him ages ago and I was trying to remember because I knew there was an NH- uh, Yeah, yeah. When I, <laughs> to watch, to watch when basketball. I, last year, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Fenerbahce season ticket holder, actually. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, no, I just remember finding him years ago and I thought he was Tyler Myers, which would have been even better. But no, Tyler Myers' brother is an NBA player, which is where I was getting the two confused. Ah, okay, okay. It's terrible. Um, Tyler Ennis was taken... Uh, in the 2014 NBA draft before household names such as Bogdan Bogdanovic oh, and Walter Tavares. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, a bit of a bust, unfortunately. <laughs> Walter Tavares. God. Yeah, John Tavares' dad was yeah. drafted as a 56-year-old man. But there you go. Tyler Ennis. You know what? You would think, you would think as a player drafted 18th overall, you'd end up being at least the kind of mainstay for your entire career, wouldn't you? But you've got to go to Turkey to try and resurrect it. That's and he's oh, twenty. He's only twenty-four. Twenty-four. I know, the perils of sports, dude. The perils of sports. He wasn't even that good at Fenerbahce either. I don't know much about <laughs> basketball, but he wasn't very good. Because <laughs> you were just heckling him while you were watching the game. You suck. Hey, put your skates on, Tyler Ennis. Ha ha. Oh dearie me. Well, for my last close but not quite, I'm going to shout out Chad Marchand, attorney at law from Alabama. <laughs> Do you want to know my process for close but not quite? I just try and think of the funniest name. Chad I spent, Marchand. Chad Marchand. I spent ages, I swear, I spent way too long looking for somebody called Matt Perun, and I couldn't find anybody. <laughs> I couldn't find anybody called Matt Perun. <laughs> um, that'd be stupid. I don't think anyone has the last name per- per- <laughs> but yeah Chad Marchand graduated from Auburn in 1997 and in 2000 was the editor-in-chief of the American Journal of Trial Advocacy it is unknown oh that's success. where I know him from yeah that, that Chad Marchand it's unknown of his success rates in the courtroom but he's a member of the Defence Research Institute and the Trucking Industry Defence Association oh right <laughs> All right, see, so I, you know, Great. like, like his namesake, Chad Marchand is licking the competition. Sorry, that was terrible. Uh, no, that's yeah, that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Uh, I even wrote that down. That's how bad that is. Oh, <laughs> it was so bad. You had to I had to write it down to remember it. Yeah, what a great name though, Chad Marchand. 
<laughs> Fuck's sakes. All right, then. Let's go on to the main news. From the past couple of weeks, there's been a few trades and signings. Well, I don't know if you've, have you, I don't know if you're aware of this. Have you heard of this? So have you heard about that? There's always been a well, bit going on, I suppose. One thing I wanted to mention before we talk about sort of individual trades or teams or that kind of thing was, do you think the lack of offer sheets shows that tampering is absolutely a thing in the NHL and now there can be no no denying it? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Like, we're it. Even with the UFA sign-ins, oh yeah, we've got a discussion period in the week before, and then like you know, two days before the window even opens, you got bloody oh yeah, Joe Pavelski three by seven, or oh, Matt Duchesne's going to Nashville eight seven by whatever it is in the end, and just it's I don't know, it's, it's ridiculous. People keep saying, well, I can't believe Braden Point's not been off it. I can't believe Mika Ryan has not been off it yet because everyone knows they're not going to leave anyway. They're not going to sign the offer sheet, so there's no. I've already bloody asked him, so yeah. Yeah, if it was a re- if it was a real thing, like I was going to mention this before, that the ABS have still got twenty seven million dollars in cap space. They could at least offer sheet two players, maybe not the two best ones, but or maybe even one of them. You know, at least you think, well, yeah, the ABS could the ABS could offer sheet Braden Point or whatever, and say, yeah, yeah, we'll give you, you know, we'll give you eight million dollars. Why not? We've got twenty seven million dollars in cap space, and they're not not to just. Just sat there on all that cash, not doing anything. Yeah, it's silly, really, isn't it? It is crazy. I do, I do have another question for you, Will. Oh, go on, go on. It's a, it's a maths question. If that's okay. Oh, well, yeah, go on. Hit, hit me with the maths question. Does a Brandon Tanev plus an Alex Galchenyuk equal one Phil Castle? Now that's a very, um, yeah, a very, very difficult question to answer. It, um, <laughs> Because it has to be, you, know, you have to factor in other things such as salary, how long you have each of those players signed or uh, anchored to your your books <laughs> for your team. Anchored. Um, That's a great choice of words. Fuck me. What 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 are we looking at specifically here? The the trade or the signing? Oh, both. I mean, let's you know, let's spoiler alert. The answer is obviously no. But <laughs> how did you? How did you get to your answer of no? I want to see your workings out. Somebody check on Jim Rutherford, please. <laughs> why? Why? Why has he given Brandon Tanev, a player whose career high in points is twenty nine, as why is he giving him three and a half million per year? Which there, there's something weird in like there's a bit of a glitch in the matrix this year because a lot of really shit players are getting a three and a half million a year. That that you know problem aside, and maybe you know we'll have to look into some sort of sort of match fixing scandal, Alessia A here because I think I've uncovered the issue. <laughs> What's he doing, giving giving Brandon Tanev a career third liner if you play him up six years? What Ross Johnson has got to be on the phone to his agent saying, "Mate, you've done me." Ross here. Johnson again. You've, you've, had, you've absolutely done me. Here. Three years at one million, and Brandon Towns getting six at three point five is absolute joke. We that, only said that on the last said, we, said, we only said on the last episode, Jim Rutherford's kids or grandkids have got to take him away from all forms of communication. They've got no. to put him out to pasture, not like old Yeller, not in a bad way. Just a nice old horse. He's run his race. He's going in the Hall of Fame. Here you are, Grandad. I've bought you a nice cabin in the woods. You just go and live there for the rest of the season. We'll take care of this annoying hockey team for you. Don't worry. Because what's he doing? 
what's he doing? As as we as we both work and have worked on the sort of um, health or social care side of side of things, I'm sure you <laughs> understand Dan the situation where you've got someone who, yeah, you know, is is legally of sound mind and body. You know, they have they have enough capacity to make their own decisions. But for some, for whatever reason, they continually make terrible decisions. That's that's where um where Jim Rutherford is. He's not he's not lost it enough to have the state take him over and say right you can't you can't do things anymore. But he does still you know keep leaving the kettle on and the and the stove on overnight. That's just the thing not... is as well. The thing is what will as well with Castle is they are four tradable pieces in Pittsburgh. You have Crosby, Malkin, Latang, and Castle. Clearly, Crosby and Malkin, and I just—I mean, I know the talk was a you know, Mark, but that was like maybe to kind of get him to play better and to realize what you know he'd not been performing as hard as he could or something. I don't know. I don't. I mean, Christ, if they get rid of Chris Latang, I—I mean, I know he's not Eric Carlson or when Eric Carlson's healthy or anything, but he's their best defenseman by a billion miles. Crosby clearly not happening. Phil's the odd man out in a trade situation. So you would think, okay then, so they're going to get rid of Phil, they're going to get rid of that cap space, maybe they'll get at least decent things in return or good prospects. No. They just get Alex Galchenyuk, who had, I think, one thirty goal season, who still seems to be... I mean, what was he What was he drafted? Like, third overall, I think, wasn't he? In 2012 or something? And yeah, we're still that waiting, sounds about right, still, doesn't it? And we're still waiting for Alex Galchenyuk to deliver? Well, I mean, I he's... He's Phil Kessel light, isn't he? He can score a yeah. little bit, not as much as Phil, <laughs> and he's not very good defensively. Like, so you're trading Phil for a younger, worse version of Phil. The trade itself, I don't really mind all that much, all things considered. Like, the thing I have a problem with is the fact that they painted themselves into the corner by saying, We want to trade Phil, we hate Phil, and then Rob <laughs> Rossi coming out and saying, Yeah, everybody hates Phil. And then that considered, so they had to trade him, then. With Kessel's no trade clause, if reportedly just putting the seven other teams in the Metro and the Coyotes, and yeah, that was it, wasn't so, it? He had an eight so list, and the only one was the Coyotes that the Pens could deal with, which is genius. So good, all things considered. Like Galchenyuk and Pierre, Pierre Olivier Joseph, it's not too bad, really. It's it's not great, but it's not awful. I don't, I don't think it's a bad trade considering like the trade. It's, it's, I mean, yeah. I suppose when you put it like that, yeah, they, sh- they shouldn't have gotten themselves, themselves into. That. Yeah, they shouldn't true. have gotten themselves in that situation. And even going back, to, this is pure speculation now. But the fact that Phil acted so spitefully with his, which he was well within his right to do with his no trade, shows that he was as unhappy with the organisation as they were with him. Whether yeah. that's because of them treating him like a dickhead or whatever, we don't we don't know. But you would think that. At some point, there was a decision made or whatever that could have not been made, and then we wouldn't have been in this position. But it is a bit yeah. mad that for a guy who hasn't missed a game in ten years and has eight hundred and twenty-three points in nine hundred and ninety-six games, Phil doesn't have to get a lot of shit. And I think God for Mate, a the, player the who's that are... consistent and that good, he must be an absolute nightmare. Because I can't imagine why any team would want to willingly get rid of that. Phil Kessel should be an American hero. He absolutely should be. The geezer's a bloody cancer survivor. Like you say, he's he barely ever missed a game. Bangs in goals left, right and centre. 
played played at um played at university over there, played at college. Yeah, I don't know if it wasn't just for like you say, you must just have such a grating personality. We don't see behind the scenes all the time, but like he just comes across as it as has been covered ad infinitum. He's just a quiet guy, like who maybe is a bit weird. Yeah, but that's what I did it for Dougie Hamilton, wasn't it? <laughs> Going to his museums and shit. <laughs> Dougie, Dougie Hamilton. Bloody hell. My my main problem with the situation, like <laughs> yeah, the Phil Kessel Phil Kessel trade is bad. But to, to then no, good. I like it, it's good. But it's not not as good as it could be. Yeah. To follow it up with with your main off season acquisition as Brandon Tanev. Oh mate. It's just loopy. Years. There's been so many bad contracts in a in a in a year where the cap is going to be even tighter than people thought. Oh, it's in just year, it's loopy. I do not. We're going to go what? through. We're going to go through so many on the way of like, what the fuck were they thinking? Why would you want him in the first place? And why would you think you have to pay him that much for so long? That's going to be. Oh, it's going to be going to be bought out and lockout. Brandon Tanev is going to be the reason we have a lockout. <laughs> Gen- genuinely, even even if we get to the point where, like you know, everything's sort of fine and we can work it out without a player stoppage, like any alterations to the to the CBA, Mario Lemieux is going to have to yeah after he's carted off bloody Jim Rutherford to Arkham Asylum or whatever. Mario Lemieux is going to have to be like, <laughs> we've got to have a lockout so we have amnesty buyouts. We've got to. Because I have to have one, I have to, and that's what that's, he's going to make up some nonsense and um, yeah, force a lockout, and then there we go. So when it happens, when we don't play the whichever season it is, know that it's Brandon Tanev's fault. Phil, of course, gets reunited with Rick Tockett in Arizona. Somebody that clearly likes Phil, you know, has plenty of time for him. Somebody put, I didn't realize this either, but Arizona have got the second lowest amount of cap space left. I think. They've got a million dollars left going into this season. Yeah, they're spending like seventy nine point five or something. Uh, yeah, which absolutely. was I was really surprised at. But you can get Phil Kessel and Clayton Keller going together. That could be pretty sexy. That'd be, yeah, they, be right, I suppose. All the, all the counties need for at least one season is just semi decent goaltending. That's all they need, and I think they'll be okay. They've never ever got it. Like it's just through injury or poor performance or I don't know. They I don't can know. just get that. They'll be all right. If if Ranta can stay healthy, Kemper was a decent backup last year. If if, if they can get more games out of Anthony Ranta, I think they'd be laughing. Problem is the West is pretty hard. You've got to get into that top three in the in the Pacific because nobody's nobody's going to give up in the Central this year, and that's that's, yeah, that's hard true. enough as it is. They're a bit like um not not in the quite the same position as Buffalo because I think they're a better team than Buffalo, but they're like Buffalo or in the Atlantic. No matter how well they do, they're going to have X, X number of teams ahead of them that are doing just as well, if not better. As we move on to Buffalo, Colin Miller was acquired from Vegas for a 2021 second and a 2022 fifth. Bargain. Absolute bargain. Yeah, I, I think in, as as we said about a second ago, I think this was kind of, Vegas had no choice. He was the odd man out. So I think to at least get two picks for him was at least half decent. Yeah, okay, it boosts their defence. That's great. But that Atlantic's just fucking hell. It's absolute hell. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, there's Christ. nothing they can really do, is there? No, you just want to. Well, yeah, I don't. I don't even know what you do. I don't even know what well, you do. You got the big three locked in in Tampa, Toronto, and and Boston. Then you've got some very capable 
next men up, if you will, in yeah. the Canadians, the Panthers. Chances are you're going to get five teams coming out of the Metro. There's no way Buffalo are going to... Well, they're going to have to have one hell of a year to uh, to get into that top three spot in the Atlantic. So might as well call it a day, really. The Calgary Flames try and solve their goalkeeping problem by swapping Mike Smith for Cam Talbot. In yes, they did. Insert Spider-Man meme pointing at each other. There's been a couple of these. As we talk about time and time again, why has he been signed? Because he's played hockey in this league. That's why he's been signed. And that's exactly what this is. I mean, for crying out loud, just <laughs> why? Why? That's just stupid. I don't I don't get it. There's got to be somebody else out there. Like You'd have thought they could have taken a run at a, a Robin Laner or something like that. Or even... Ben I mean, <laughs> yeah, Ben, ben Bounds, get him in. <laughs> get him in, I'd... Let him let him play all his games via Skype from Cardiff, and um, <laughs> and yeah, you're well you're well away. I just, I mean, I this was always going to be the problem with what happened with Carolina last year, yeah, where they just got two two nobodies to well not nobodies but you know what I mean two goalies that hadn't necessarily performing as well as they could have. It's going to let every GM out there think, oh yeah, if I just get this crap goalie, he'll be he'll be good for me. You see, you say every GM would think that, but there's counter-proof that some GMs don't <laughs> think that about goalies because they're giving them way too much money. But more on that later. All right, let's, move on, let's go on to the offer sheet. Do can, you... can I just say about the Colin Miller trade? Like, yeah, sure, sorry. Um, great trade for the Sabres. Like the fact that he technically costs less than Justin Braun did. You're absolutely laughing. Golden, Golden Knights, still, uh, still three million over the cap. <laughs> yeah. And, and for my money... Trade somebody else. <laughs> trade, trade Paul Stasny. Trade, trade Max Pacioretty. Trade somebody. Because now you've got to get rid of two players where you could have done one. And arguably, they're going to bring Cody Glass up for next season, likely. And if you sack off Paul Stasny, Cody Glass is going to fill in that role by the end of the season, at least. Failing that, you've got some other good players in there that, that can fill the role or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. But, uh... I wonder if we're going to see it just as quickly as they rose to the top. Are they going to fall back down to the bottom and just completely implode? I don't think so. Not yet. Maybe in a couple of seasons, but I think they've, st- they've still got too much at the moment. Yeah, but I mean, if they have to keep shaving off bits because of the bloody um, because of the cap crunch they've created for themselves, what are you going to do? Let's move on to the offer sheet. Do you, did you like or hate this? I mean, everyone knows it was stupid. <laughs> it was. It's, it's a stupid option. Carolina were, were always gonna, always very, very, very likely to match it. At least you know, Bergeron put them in the in the position where they had to match it. If you don't match an option for your franchise player that is under market value and is very affordable, what are you even doing? The thing that I heard someone throw out, I think it was, I think it was Sean McIndoe. Maybe Wyszynski. So one one of the pucks in block. Throughout the idea that this it was just like a throwing something at the wall and seeing if it sticks. I I agree with it, and I think that's that's a good idea. And I think to an extent, if offer sheets were part and you know were commonplace in the league, if you had some more serious ones from from teams who are actually trying to pry players away, you would see more of this of this like of like. Ah, whatever, let's throw a cheapish offer sheet at a player that we want and if he signs it and the team don't match it, we're laughing. 
But the fact that it's the only one that's happened and there's so much scrutiny on it, I think that it's not a good offer sheet. But do, do you know what I'm getting at? It could just be yeah. lost in the in the muddle of I had a go sort of thing if there if there was more going on in in offer sheet land. Do you think it was part PR move to say like, well, we're trying to get you know we're trying to get these players in. Like you got to think last season they couldn't get they couldn't even get a seat at the table with Tavares, could they? He wasn't they even entertaining the side. idea of sitting with them. Matt Duchesne, who said, "Oh my god, my grandfather's a huge Habs fan. My father's a huge Habs fan. I can't wait to play in Nashville." <laughs> okay. Thanks for the offer. Yeah, he even got to talk to them, and it was like, "Yeah, no, nah, I'm going to Nashville. You're crazy." So my, my my problem with that idea, if it if it really truly was a PR move from the Canadians of Bergevin, that's the stupidest PR move you've ever seen. They must have known how it well, would go down. Well, part part PR move. I think it's like it's like suggesting anal sex to your missus. You kind of say it as a joke. But then if she agrees to it, you go, holy oh, shit, sick. it fucking worked. I don't believe it. They kind of went to Sebastian Arho. <laughs> yeah. Five years, 8.45? And he went, yeah, right. So we signed it. And then if it doesn't work, you can say, well, I tried. But if it <sighs> does work, then you go, oh my God, I can't believe it worked. I don't I don't <laughs> want to give your comparison any Credit. more airtime than it needs. However... <laughs> You've, you've you've made you've made a great point because it is a terrible <laughs> PR move. How how is it a good PR move to suggest to your significant other, oh I wanna I wanna <laughs> I wanna stick it in your keister? Yeah. Well if if they say no, like they're not gonna go to their friends later like oh he did he did ask to put it in my bum. No, no, that's no, no, not. No. That's not. You do it. You no. do it as a joke to gauge reaction. So you just no. say it. You go, yeah. No, like imagine if we had. Um, imagine if we had anal sex. Ha ha ha. And they go, that's disgusting. And you go, yeah, of course it's gross. I was just messing. It's gross. Yeah. That's disgusting. <laughs> just, you just laugh it off. And that's what the house can do. Pr- to even they bring it up. Go, that. Oh, yeah, just just joking. <laughs> well, clearly, you know different women to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I just don't see how that. Anyway, my point is, it's, it's anyway, a bad, yeah. it's a bad PR move because they must have known that it, it wasn't going to be enough to be perceived as a a viable attempt to actually get Aho. I agree. You can at least then say to your fans, "Well, we tried to get him." You can try. I know it's not a great idea. I know it's not a great PR move, but you, I think they're thinking, "Well, it's something." Would you know? We're at least trying because eight point. 8.4 million, it's under market value, but is it under market value by that much? He's not, you know, he's not an 11 million dollar player. Not yet, anyway. No, but as a as an offer sheet, it's under market value for offer sheets is the problem. It's a, it's a great deal for Carolina and yeah, he's probably only worth about 9, 9.5 at the moment, but for an offer sheet to, to work, that's, that's where it's undervalued. It's, it's like they didn't even try. Like, yeah, they tried in the sense that they sent an offer sheet, but it might as well have been an offer sheet for a fiver. I mean, I do, I do, I do, I'm just, I was just kind of trying to put, I do like to play contrarian on here sometimes, just because I do want to kind of get, try and get both sides, but. Oh, I was I only agree. joking about the bum sex. <laughs> no, no, that's serious. That's really serious. <laughs> if, I think if they really wanted him, you just, you just go like, I don't know, you would have gone 9.9 or something like that. Five years, Even if they would have gone 10.5. But then I think I think there is something about a ten million dollar. This is going to sound crazy, but I think there's something about a ten million dollar player. It's like the next step up. 
Does that make sense in a weird way? If you make nine and a half million, I think if you make 10 million, that seems like a crazy amount of money. Whereas nine and a half million seems like, well, he's a nine and a half million, but you know, he's good, but yeah, that's okay. But 10 million seems like crazy. But anyway, but my point was going to be that say they offer whatever, say they offer 10 million, you know, say they offer 10 million, they could easily afford to give up two firsts, a second, and a third because they've got something like. I thought that's why they were doing it because they they traded, obviously, Andrew Shaw. They traded him, um, was it Delorier? And they've got yeah. 12 they've got twelve picks this year. And I thought, well, these are these guys are hoarding picks because they're clearly going to offer you someone at like 10.4 million or 10.3 million or something. It's just obviously come under the four first, but. And then you offer still point four. It's just a, like, huh. The, the thing that I feel I couldn't, I can't stop thinking about with this offer sheet that I, I don't think I've seen mentioned yet. It just feels like there's just something to it. It's the Canadians, you know, the the most storied franchise in the NHL. Like, let's let's make no bones about it. They are like the club representing the original six. Really, are they? They're the the classic club. Do do you you know what I mean? Though they are like the historic of the historic sort of thing. Club offer sheeting a star player on on a team in a non traditional market. In a team that struggled with struggled with attendance issues, it just does reek a little bit of of the rich kid trying to steal the poor kid's toys and not even trying that hard. I just think there's something a bit to it. Bergerman thinks, right, I want to tender an offer sheet, but I can't tender an offer sheet to any of the other big clubs because you know I'm mates with all those people. I'll go for a you know I don't want to anger anyone in the media or whatever by going after a player in in a market that they like to cover or whatever i'm going to go for a relatively new team a team to get shot on by the rest of the league and all the media there's a he's new got a crazy owner. owner yeah he's got a crazy, crazy, owner. crazy owner who's new to the league and new money versus jeff molson and i'd imagine don waddell probably doesn't have a lot of respect around the league because it gives a fucking mug like there's there's just something there. I just think it's not a surprise that for years we're saying, oh, it's too much of an old boys network for there to be offer sheets. They don't want to upset each other. Nobody wants to fight Brian Burke in a barn and get shanked in the ass. But then when one happens, it's the Canadians t- trying to take a player from from the Carolina Hurricanes. I just think I know it's I know it's proper tin hat, but it does feel a bit a bit like that's what's happened. Yeah, it's a bit snide. It's like it's really just feels a bit yeah a bit disrespectful in a way i don't disagree but he did sign it <laughs> that's not forget oh, that yeah. as well do you know what i mean that that's oh, that's yeah. another thing people saying oh, he saw he signed the offer sheet you know oh, he doesn't want to play in carolina or he wants to play in montreal like the kid's finished he doesn't don't give a monkeys about any of these teams he just wants to play hockey and earn a bunch of money that's all he wants, and it, and if if the Hurricanes were really offering him like six times six or whatever offensive it was, or like six times eight, yeah, of course he's going to sign sign up for sheets. All right, stuff like that. Yeah, I'm off. I'm going to get my money. It's ridiculous. There's not there's not going to be any more. Oh, I, just, I don't know. I hope so. It would have happened. It would have happened. If you're if you're a team, why wouldn't you? If you have any inkling that a player's, that's why though, like we just said that. This, these clubs already know okay this guy's not leaving we, we know this guy's not leaving his team whatever happens we can send in all the offer sheets we want he doesn't want him to leave so there's no point 
know. I just can't see. Does it not make more sense to to wait later in the uh, in the year though? Maybe, but then, I, but then I think they always want their business done, don't they? Before they fucking go on holiday, basically, <laughs> they want everyone <laughs> like sorted out and done. Yeah, to they go to their lakefront cottage? You know, I think they, I always think they want their their sort of dealings done before that happens. That's why I just can't see any more coming in or any more happening. In what was we said an unbelievable year for RFAs. You know, we thought we'd have offer sheets coming out of the fucking flying out like at, the, at the wazoo factory. Yeah. At the toilet roll factory, and we're just not. I just don't think we're going to get it. I hope I'm wrong, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, I, th- okay. I think like like we were saying about eight year deals. Like we're just wait and see. Wait till the end of the summer before we say off sheets are dead. I hope so. I hope so. It was amazing, wasn't it? That first two minutes after the offer sheet first happened. <laughs> oh my god, an offer sheet! That's my offer sheet. Oh wait, I it's uh, it's a crap off sheet. Yeah, it was a bit of that. It was a giant peak, and then. Just a bit of a lull to... Oh. I admired Don Waddell as well, throwing shade, saying that he was surprised it wasn't more, and he was happy now because it meant he could have the summer off not worrying about a contract. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> the whole way the, <laughs> that the Hurricanes handled it was beautiful. Yeah, putting that poll up, do we match the offer sheet? The option's yes or we. <laughs> that was great. Robin Lehner has become a mercenary. I love it. Turning down two years at $5 million with the Islanders to sign for the Blackhawks at one year for $5 million. This says to me that he wanted a long-term deal. Yeah. He wanted like four, five, six. It's funny how, just to pivot a little bit, the Islanders went from offering two years to Lena. I know what you're going to say. Then, then giving four to Varlamov. Yeah. Now, is that is that because they realised, oh shit, we need a goalie? Or was that because they weren't willing to give more than two to Lena? That's why I was thinking. Is it because of Lena personally that they didn't want to take the risk? It's horrible to say, but after his after the issues that he's had and the things he's spoken about, did they think, well, yeah, we're not risking four years in case you know in, in case he kind of goes back to a dark place or something? We don't want to be on the hook for that money. I'm not being funny, but like ninety-five-year-old Lou Lamorello. Could probably probably thinks that way. He probably doesn't yeah. believe in that well unless, does he? No, of course not. Of course not. If Geese this yeah. half his age don't believe in it, then why would why would Lou? Yeah, why would he? I'm pretty sure Lou's still a concussion denier as well. So <laughs> he's not gonna give a shit about mental health, is he? But I hope yeah. it's the other I hope it's the other way. I hope Robin Lane is just gonna be like, you know what, fuck it. I'm not getting stuck to one team. I'm gonna mercenary myself out. I'm going to play awesome for the Islanders. Then I'm going to play awesome for the Blackhawks. And next year I'm going to sign for one year at 8 million. Then one year at 9 million. And just keep going. I don't think he's going to play awesome for the for the Blackhawks, though. No, I don't either. I forget the exact stat. Honest, that Blackhawks but, defense and the way the Blackhawks play. I mean, their defense was just dog shit last year. Yeah, it's not, um, not cohesive for uh, another career year for Mr. Lena. I'm sure he's no. he's going to be fine. And it's, it's one of those ones where it's not strictly going to be his fault that he's going to be bad next year. But by that same time, it, it wasn't his fault that he was good this goal. year. Yeah, that's no. true. He's not a terrible goal, is he? He's league average, which is fine. Coming off, God, what was he? He was over 9.30 last year, wasn't he? Something ridiculous. 9.32, something like that. Something like that. I mean, yeah, he's, but if he regresses now to sort of 9.12, 9.30, everyone's going to be like, well, couldn't do it again, could he? <laughs> like, well, no, now he's just league average instead of being ridiculous. This is it, and and the thing with league average goalies is like you are, you're subject to what your what your D is doing in front of you. Really, 
if you you know if you're an elite goalie, worst case scenario with a crap D, you're going to end up being league average. But then if you're league average, worst case scenario, you're going to end up looking shit. A couple of things for the Blackhawks. Um, Andrew Shaw goes back from the Habs because Stan Bowman seems to be that guy who dumps a girl, then thinks, well, if I can't have her, no one else can have her. So this is something like the sixth or seventh guy he's brought back from the cup teams. And the Blackhawks also added Calvin DeHaan from the Hurricanes. I mean, I guess a bit of an upgrade on their D, I don't know, but I think well, it's Calvin good. Calvin um, great player. Great? Well, not... Ah, okay, great is not... <laughs> great in a loose sense. All right, great great on a curve. If, uh, if, if Blackhawks defence. <laughs> if, yeah, if, if Brent Seabrook is an NHL player, which he is... <laughs> uh, then, uh, then yeah, Calvin Dan is a great NHL player, mate. I'm sorry. Looking at the looking at the Blackhawks cap friendly page, which <laughs> oh mate, in two thousand the year is two thousand and twenty three twenty four. The Chicago Blackhawks have one player signed to an NHL deal. That player Dan is. Oh, it's got to be Brent Seabrook. It's Brent Seabrook. <laughs> God, who's there longer than fucking Caden Taves? Isn't this just wonderful? Wonderful. Can, can I just say on him bringing Andrew Short back? I know we're being yes. a bit all over the place here. The yeah. thing with Bowman bringing all these players back, like when he brought back Brandon Sard, like when he was trying to bring back Artemi Panarin, yeah. he, gets, he gets rid of them because he doesn't want to pay them. And then he brings them back after they've been paid anyway. I just, I just don't get it. It's like he's just, oh, I just don't want them for a few years and then I'll take them at the price that I would have had to pay them anyway when they're older. It's... I think he wants he wants new toys, but then he realises the new toy isn't as good as the old toy that he had. So he gets the old toys back and he enjoys them more. Exactly. Even though they've got a bit more wear on them. Yeah. I want to give um, Jeremy Carlton credit, obviously the current Blackhawks head coach, as him and Calvin DeHaan were teammates in the AHL. So I think Jeremy Colleton, he's not been an NHL head coach for long, but he's already got the ability to, well, one of the best attributes needed to be an NHL head coach, which is to sign former teammates or just somebody they know quite well, which is what he's, he's done. He's got the hang of Jeremy. it straight yeah, away. he's bedded in already. Bedded in already. Great stuff. He, yeah, he knows the score. He knows how it goes. <laughs> you know. What I feel might be one of the um, one of the best deals, one of the most sensible deals was Jonas Donskoy, four years, 3.9 million AAV, Colorado, building something here. They get Burakovsky as well. I think he's not signed yet, but like I said, they've got $27 million in cap space. Why don't the Avs offer sheet somebody? Am I missing something here? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think... know. Okay, here's the thing, right? I know you need, I know you need, obviously, you, need, you know, you need your picks and everything, but they've got, so they've got the cap space. Teams are sometimes wary of giving up picks, but you don't need to worry about giving up, giving up picks if A, you've already got a stockpile of them, or B, you have a really good young team already where you can almost forego a couple of drafts. So you're not, you don't have to worry too much. They got $27 million in cap space. So they signed, what's, what's Burakovsky going to get? I mean, Christ, in this market, who knows, but... He's, he's, gonna get, you know. he's definitely going to get 3.5 million because that is the number. <laughs> probably, for, yeah. probably for eight years. Say Burakovsky gets 4 million. Okay, now you've got $23 million left. And then you got to sign Ranton in. Who's going to want, what, nine and a half, maybe? Oh, I don't, see, that's where I don't know. I don't because how can you have Nate McKinnon on 6.1, 6.3? 6. 
and then pay Miko Ratner and nod and half. No. Hey, dude. Jeez. It's not Mika Rantanen's fault. It's not Mika Rantanen's fault that Nathan McKinnon signed that contract. It's it's not. It's not, no. But is is Sackett gonna gonna bend? Probably will. They they do have to you sign JC Comfort as well, but Is she gonna be left with at least ten million dollars in cap space? See why don't you just go to a, you know, why don't you offer sheet nine and a half million? You can afford you can afford to lose two firsts and a second and a third. You've got a great young team. You've got a good young players already, you know, on good deals. You you could have done that. You could do that for Braden Point. Well, no, because he won't. They already know he won't leave. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> I was thinking, it? I was thinking more somebody like Besser. But I don't think Besser would leave necessarily, would he? I don't know. What is he? Is he? Because he's not going to play Braden with McKinnon. Braden Point's going to look. Braden Point's going to look around that room. Okay, and think you know what? I don't really need to leave, do I? If, if even if I'm hell, if I'm hell bent on winning, I'm still going to get paid. I'm still playing with Kucherov, Stamkos, fucking Vasilevsky, Hedman, all these amazing players. I mean, Brock Besser's looking around the room, thinking we've just signed T.J. Miller's brother and given a terrible contract to Tyler Myers. I would, I would think you would off, you know. They've just added Kadri as well, which we'll come to you know later on, obviously. But you don't—I I just don't think you care that much where you play if you're on a team that's winning. I don't think it matters too much. I, I just think for better, like you're a goal-scoring right winger. Who do you want feeding you the puck, Nazem Kadri or Elias Pettersson? I, yeah, I, I get what—I I do get what you're saying. I do get what you're saying. Now, obviously, the answer is Elias Pettersson, but. Yeah, so, so it'd be interesting to see if it happens. Like, yeah, you're right. They're really I mean, good. I mean, I mean, don't forget. I mean, Lining. I mean, Lining Connor's still out there, aren't they? Carl Connor's still not signed. Lining's still not signed. So there are plenty of players out there that the Avs can move for. Yeah, it'd be for, interesting but... to see. Or even doing a trade for someone like could... Nikita Gusev or someone. Even if we, yeah. if we're not looking at, I think the Avs should make another move because I, they've got some good pieces, but I don't, I don't see them making the playoffs next year. The Avs really. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get the hype. I don't think they're necessarily any deeper than they were last year. They've just shuffled the deck a bit. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> really? I'm yeah. surprised. I'm surprised. No, I what, think one hundred percent, one hundred percent. They, they're a team that last year had had trouble scoring outside of the top line. Yeah. Yes, they had Don Skoy, Burakovsky, Kadri. Upgraded that now. I, I, I mean, I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying it's. I you know, I'm yeah, not saying but, they've got lines one one A and one B, but they're they're massive upgrades to what they had last year. The the problem I'm I'm getting at, so I was trying to get the stats here. The, the what I'm getting at is they've gotten rid of like their their next lot of top scorers outside of the top top line. Yeah, they've gotten in like like you say some good players. But yes, their top three scorers obviously McKinnon, Ratner and Landeskog last year. Then Tyson Barry, Carl Soderberg, Alex Kerfoot, they're all gone. And then, so so off of last year's roster, the next highest scorer I've got is JT Comfrey, who had 32 points. Carl Soderberg wasn't going to score 950 points again, but that's basically what you're going to get from Nazem Kadri. They've got rid of Tyson Barry, which I do not understand at all. Like, regardless of how potentially lopsided the trade was, like, why are you getting rid of that that player? Like, you do not have a good enough decor to do that. And, uh, and they've got rid of Alex Kerfoot as well. Don Scoy will probably get 40 points. Great. Burakovsky should get 40 points, but he's still like a bit of an unknown at this point. He's not really reached his potential. 
I just think it's a, it's a wash at best. You know, I do hate it when you make good points. Oh, I, I, do. I love it. I love it. What did what did Burkowski have last year? He had uh, 25 points in, in 76 games playing for the Capitals. Like, I know he necess- hasn't necessarily had the the best opportunities and stuff, and like he is a player that feels like he has more to give, but, mate, I don't think he does. I'd, I just, I just don't think... I think some of that. That's, that cap space on a defense on a defenseman then. And that's what, what I was going to get out. I think they should because like yeah. they've got some good young D men. But yes, yeah, so like Kyle McCarr's obviously going to be a great player if he works out. Sam Gerard, great second pairing player if he works out because he's still young. Then what you got? Eric Johnson and Ian Cole. You know, it's in a bit of a a cap problem at the moment is the Bruins because they've got something like ten million to re-sign McAvoy. Denton Heinen and Brandon Carlo. Mm. I wonder if he has some maybe off a sheet Brandon, you know, just putting a cheeky little off a sheet for Brandon Carlo, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Because he has come on leaps, like leaps and bounds this year. Leaps and bounds. He was so good in the postseason. Just real smart hockey plays, really. I mean, just, yeah, I was very, very impressed. Um, he's he's not much of a of an offence driver, though, is he? No, but like I say, it's an upgrade. Anyone cost it wouldn't cost too much, either in cap or, you know, you just you just give him a decent offer. He'd have to go crazy, do you? I'm not saying like you give him like seven or eight million, but I think it's something. Yeah, it's true. I'm only saying him because I can't really I can't really think of who else they could. As in offer sheet wise, there's no one else I don't think they could go for. Yeah, that's the problem. That's that's why I think they need to need to do something trade wise. I think I think they should go after Gusev, just as everybody in the league should really. But you're right. Yeah. If they need a if they need a D man, I don't know who they're going to get. I don't know who's out there. To be honest, I'm just not really that sold on them. Gustav Nyquist <laughs> finds the well. We'd better get somebody contract at five and a half million for four years with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Looking back on it now, Will, was it a mistake for them to do what they did at the deadline? Oh, I don't know. I I hate that question because like yeah, in the long term they shouldn't have done it, but at the same time like they gave it a go. Is is it is it Kekalon's fault that it didn't work out? I think I think they should have done it because it's better for the league, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They got they swept the lightning like that's a good experience in its own way. Yada I yada. I agree. It, but I agree it, it, in the same way, yeah, it's, it's it's hindsight, isn't it? Yeah, you you shouldn't draft bloody I don't know whatever. Yeah, or Miko Rantanen should have gone third overall in two thousand fifteen or whatever. It's all well and good looking back now and seeing the results, but you you can't then judge past decisions based on how it turns out when you can't strictly predict how it's going to turn out. I mean, it's not like they're in the you know they're not in, they're not in total depth. I mean, they've got plenty of cap room, so they can at least get players in on trade. I mean, maybe they could offer you somebody. That, oh no, they can't. Cause they haven't got the haven't got the picks. Haven't got the picks. And I think as free agency has proven, nobody really wants to go there. I just realised, yeah, yeah. Um, never mind them. They can trade for people. They've got a lot of cap space, though, so they've, that's good. And they've got yeah, some... They'll have to be trades, but... They've still got, like... like They've got Wierenski and Jones, which is a fantastic place to start. Ryan Murray and David yes, Savada are good as well. Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to take steps. If Alex Wembo can get back on track, that's going to be good. Cam Atkinson, Cam Atkinson is still going to smash in 30 goals for you. If some of their other prospects like Oli, Oli Bjorkstrand work out, then good Alex Texier, but don't think it I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs next year. No, absolutely not. Along along with 
we said about the Sabres, the division that they're in now is... Oh, mate, it's over for them. Yeah, it's over. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's the thing. Like, I think it was worth it for, for the year that the Blue Jackets had. Absolutely. Yeah, they're, they're done for the next few years. If not, if not for nothing else, I mean, how many, seriously, how many first round matches do you remember from any Stanley Cup series ever? People will talk about that for a long time. Might not be the first thing they say, but after talking about the Blues and the run they had, they will say, holy shit, do you remember that was the Lightning's year? And the Blue Jackets swept maybe the best team in regular season history. They're, they're going to go in, well, they are 100% in the history books. Like you say, that was a yeah, historical exactly. Tampa Bay Lightning team and they are what ended that season. So, you know, then they're not necessarily going to be the title of the chapter, but they're going to be a very, very prominent feature of it. Absolutely. Let's talk about the gracious and very hostful Dallas Starswell, who <laughs> decide that looking at players who've been bought out is one of the best ways to go. I mean, they signed some other guy as well, but that's not really important because I want to talk about Corey Perry and Andre Sakara. What are your what are your thoughts on those? Well, we were talking about social care a little bit earlier in the uh, in the show, <laughs> and it's nice that the stars are extending work to so many over thirties. I don't hate it to be honest. No, I'm, I was only joking. I agree. I agree. I agree. I'm, I'm really in two minds about it. Yeah, Perry and Sakara is. It's good in the sense that they're cheap deals, and if it works out, then great. If not, you haven't risked too much, really. I do really like having Joe Pavelski, but at the same time, it's basically like when they had Patrick Sharp and Jason Spezza a few years ago, but these players are infinitely older and not quite as not as productive as, as those players were when they picked them up. So it's I'm finding it hard to get particularly excited about it. I am looking True. forward to Pavelski, but I'm very cautious and a bit nervous about how well he's going to do. It is funny. I was, I was, I was going to save this for another day because obviously there's like there's loads to talk about. But it is mad when you think that of the two teams that made the Stanley Cup final, the Blues were a goal away from being eliminated by the Stars, and the Bruins were a game away from being eliminated by the Leafs. And you just wonder, like, does a Joe Pavelski get the Stars over the line? Like you say, he's he's definitely an upgrade on what they had. Is that upgrade enough? Because now I get it. I can't see Ben Bishop was amazing last year, and will he have that same season again? Maybe not. But like like you said last year, after they started to turn it around, they've now found a system that works for them. So if you can plug a Joe Pavelski into that system, who is legitimate quality, that can only be a good thing, right? Yeah, it's it's sort of similar to the whole Columbus situation. I don't necessarily think it's going to work out very well, but it's a good thing that they did it. Like, this is the right thing to do. There's only so many more years that Ben Bishop's going to be able to have a chance to put up the season that he did last year. So, you know, it's good that Jim there was giving it a go and trying to capitalise on that sort of thing. The, the problem with the whole, oh, yeah, one, one goal away from... Uh, knocking the Blues out and they went on to win the Cup. Yeah, the fucking Senators were a goal away from knocking out the Penguins who won the Cup that year. <laughs> and then they went and <laughs> they went and added another good centre like the year after. So it, if anything, those comparisons are very, very unhelpful. Fair enough. Sorry. That's that's fine. You, is that your way of saying you're going to bottom out this year and become the laughing stock of the NHL? <laughs> I mean, they're already kind of halfway there. That's, that's kind of what happens when you start yeah. berating your star players in the middle of the season. Calling them horseshit and stuff. 
Oh, mate. Yeah, I don't know. Let's not set this into the Stars podcast, but next year is going to be interesting. What do you think about Sergei Bobrovsky getting $10 million? For seven seven years. years. Fucking moronic. It's so stupid. What are you doing? Like, I know Bobrovsky is a good regular season goalie. I know he's a good regular season goalie, but Jesus Christ. 10 million for seven years. That's going to, yeah, that's going to bite you in the arse very quickly. Dude, it might bite them in the arse next year. Yeah, <laughs> easily. Look at Kerry Price. Yeah, I. $10 million. I do not for like it. For a 30 year old goalie. A 30 year old goalie. Here's, here's the thing. I didn't like any of the Panthers' moves. What are they doing giving Anton Stroman five and a half million? Brett Connolly, three million. Three and a half million. Is it three and a half? See, this is is what I'm talking about. Three and a half million. There's something going on. Do you know what Dale Taller said about Brett Connolly? No, what did he say? He said, I like Brett because he knows what it takes to win in this league. (laughs) Does does he? That's that's what three and a half million gets you, Will. (laughs) It gets you somebody who knows how to win games in the NHL. Instead of great image of like a like a classroom scene in a in an early two thousands film. So and uh, who knows what it takes to win an NHL game? Ah, Connolly, you. Uh, who Connolly, you score go. score the most goals? Yes, congratulations. Three and a half million dollars. Yeah. The weird uh, thing is with Bobrovsky is so he's going to be playing in Florida now, which is a known tax haven. So they're paying him $10 million, which I assume in NHL real terms is about $25 million when you consider the tax cost and things like that. Last year in the playoffs, the Hurricanes, the Islanders and the Blues all showed that you don't need to spend that much money on a goalie. Fair enough, there were other goalies like Tukarask, he gets $7 million. He was amazing. And he probably would have won the Consmire if the Bruins had won the Cup. But those three teams I just mentioned, they showed that what did they spend on their goalies combined? About $3.5 million quid? Combined or something crazy, four million maybe. You don't need, you don't need to spend ten million dollars on a goalie on a uh, on a proven playoff shitter as well. He and uh, yeah, he's won one playoff round in his career. I mean, I know some people have said that. Well, you know, it's just it's just about the Panthers at least making the playoffs and blah blah blah. I don't think it can be. When you've got a ten million dollar goalie, you can't just be saying, "Well, they won one round in the playoffs." That just does not wash. That does not wash with me at all. I mean, in some respects, that is right. But mate, you've got to be looking long term, haven't you? Surely, Bobrovsky. I was. I was. Kind of, I was. Everyone. Of, yeah, I, I was kind of concerned about. I said I was concerned about Florida because had loads of cap space and all this sort of momentum with Cranville coming in. And I'm just. I'm. Just, I'm not too fussed now. Don't get me wrong. I still think. I still, they might. I still think they might be the fourth best team coming cool. out of that division. But they've got a great uh, top yeah. six still. I'm just not convinced. I'm not convinced now. Ten million dollars, Stroman at five and a half. God Almighty. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a tough scene. It's a tough scene. But you know, Stroman as a four, that's not awful. Well, Matheson and Ekblad and then Yandel and Strawman, that's not too bad. I mean, Yandel had a great year last year. If he's got Strawman with him to maybe free him up a bit more, you're, you're laughing. Maybe. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> a lot of maybes on that one. A lot of maybes on that one. A couple of maybes. Just a, just a couple. Yeah. I know what you mean, though. Like, if it, it, it almost seems like 
like they agreed the deal with Bobrovsky first. And it's like, oh, Demi, sign the contract. Yeah, sorry, I'm having second thoughts. There, <laughs> Dale, I'm yeah. going to uh, go, to, go to New York. <laughs> here's, the, here's the thing about that. I've changed my mind. <laughs> my missus has realised that she can do more in New York than here. I've got uh, I've got John Davidson on the phone and he's uh, he's offering me less money, but I, I do get to play for the Rangers. And I just can't say no. Sorry. See you later. There we go. Let's move on to the Rangers. It's a natural. It's a natural step. It's worked really nicely. It's the rebuild. Yeah. It's, it's the rebuild over. They're like fuck is it? What? <laughs> do, what do you mean? What do you mean? What? Name 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 four Rangers players. I can do it easily, you know. All right. Okay. Who? Still, like no, they've just got a bunch of kids. They're basically the Coyotes. I mean, effectively. You don't think. You don't think adding you don't think adding Jacob Truba, Artemi Panarin, and Capo Caco is okay. This team should now be doing at least something. I mean, yeah, but but what have you added them to? Mika's Mika's a good player. Chris Kreider, good player. Got a good goalie. Yeah, a good goalie is like fifty five years old. Still a good goalie. Yeah, yeah, he's still a good goalie. I'll give you that. But I mean, get whiff off. Um, it's just a lot of unproven. Players like yeah, they are good young players. But think of the coaches a few years ago: Clayton Keller, Christian Dvorak, Christian Fisher, Jacob Chikrin. Good young players, and where are the coaches now? Yeah, but they didn't. Yeah, but they didn't have an eleven and a half million dollar player, did they? Yeah, but now that's the X factor. Now they've got Phil Kessel, and we're not crowning the the coaches bloody. Again, yes, that's a good point. This is it, and and I think that the Rangers are in a better position than the Coyotes were, but it's all still very much promise. It's very much promise. They've still got too many Ryan Stroms, too many Matt Baleskis, too many etc. etc. It's like just too much middle of the road sort of thing. And the the young players coming up, bar Kako, Kako's going to be incredible. That top line, Panarin, Zabanjad, and Kako, is just going to take the piss. It's going to take the absolute piss. I'm buzzing for it. Deary me. Deary me. That's scary. But I still like, you know, players like Lars Anderson, Brett Howden, Pavel Buchnevich, good Philip Heatle, good young players who are still just good young players. Like, they're not. It's, it's a young man's game. And I'm looking at Pavel Buchnevich, 24 years old. That's not a young player anymore. That's just a player. Obviously, you can you can evolve and stuff as a player, and you can you can improve and all that. He had a good year last year, but like, is Pavel Buchnevich suddenly at twenty five years old going to turn into like a dominant line driver sort of thing? Who's who's their second line centre next year, Dan? What, Ryan Strom. Ryan Strom, maybe. Yeah. Nineteen year old Philip Heatle. Shit. See, yeah, I, I know. I've I've got a few of them. Again, like I I don't I don't hate the Rangers. Let me put, let me put the they... question. Go let me put the question another way then. Do you think the fans think the rebuild is over? Oh, of course, uh, I think John Davidson thinks the rebuild's over. It's <laughs> a good point. <laughs> like him and him and Jeff Gordon are like dancing around the GM's office, like, oh, we're gonna win the cup. And, They've already um, got the parade route booked. <laughs> mate, it's gonna it's gonna end up with game seventy nine. Uh, Henry Longfist crying. We're gonna have another one of those Hank crying pictures come the start <laughs> of April 2020. Book it. Let's move on. Let's move across the uh, the water there, New Jersey. In a, in what seemed like happened 
75 years ago oh on PK God, Subban. Yeah. We haven't even spoken about that. What do you mean? It was a, it was a Subban's day after, been, it was been there for three seasons, recorded. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's the day after we recorded, I think. He was involved in basically a game of musical chairs, cap space in Nashville, and was deemed the odd man out. In what would say is a pretty good defensive core, although in Nashville. And the Devils were the only team willing to take on his $9 million, obviously. So they won and managed to acquire him for two second round picks, Steven Santini and uh, someone else. Jeremy Davis, I want to say? Uh, yeah, sure. That sounds about right. The, the funny thing about this trade is um, the only reason I'd heard of Steve Santini before this trade was I've read an article about him last season. Not not the season, just got the one before because he was playing top pair in minutes in, in New Jersey. And I think he was statistically the worst defender in the league. <laughs> and it's just this entire <laughs> article about, like, look, it's not Steve Santini's fault that he's getting played all this time. Like, he's shit, but it's not he's, It's not his fault that he's playing all this much. Christ on that, You, okay, you want to so... talk about bad trades? Bloody hell. Go on, then. I'll, you, you say what you want to say about it, then. Like, I get, I get, the, I get that they... David Poyle wanted to clear out the cap space, but bloody hell. Steve Santini and two second round picks for PK Zuban. Are you kidding me? I know I know he's unless I did go on. Oh unless unless David Poyle is a racist. (laughs) That's not what I was gonna say. Which he probably is. He's an old man in hockey. Yeah. Which not what, which is what I was not going to say. While David Poyle cuts eye holes out of his um, pillowcase and puts it over his head, <laughs> what I was going to say was, was if the rumours are true about PK's back, suddenly maybe there's things there that Nashville know about his back not being as healed as people think it is, and they want to kind of get rid of him quickly before anything goes too wrong. But it's like I was saying, Dan, it's a terrible trade. Why would you trade a top pair in D-man and two second round picks for a player who doesn't have a back? Like, it's just <laughs> just ridiculous. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay then, so here's a, back, a piggybacking off what we just asked. You had P.K. Subban, you had Jack Hughes, throwing a little cheeky Wayne Simmons deal, Taylor Hall's coming back. Are the Devils in a better position than the Rangers, do you think? Oh no! Mm. Oh, that yeah, yeah. I think so. See on the face of it, see on the I face think of it, so, everyone's, yeah. saying, everyone's saying that everyone's talking about the Rangers, aren't they? No one's talking about the Devils. But you look at this Devils team. This is the same team that two years ago made the playoffs off the back of Taylor Hall. Now you've got Taylor Hall coming back to essentially the same team, obviously minus Stephen Santini. But <laughs> you've got PK Subban, Jack Hughes, Wayne Simmons on a one-year deal. Which is fine. Nothing wrong with that. Even five million doesn't matter. It's for one year. Who cares? He's he know he wants to prove himself now. I, I like that deal. I really do. Yeah, I, I like I like the deal for a year. Yeah, for a year. If they if they can afford to pay him ten million, who gives a shit? It's one year. It doesn't make any difference. If you've got the cap space, use it. It's fine for any player. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Even Brandon Tanev. Even Brandon Tanev. So yeah, the the thing that I keep circling back to with the with the devil. Sorry to cut you off. Like they're gonna have two young. Incredible centers, incredible centers. Like Jack Hughes, if he if he turns out to what he's tatted up to be, is going to be bona fide superstar in the NHL. And then if you've got Nico yeah. Heischer as your second line center, you're absolutely laughing, absolutely laughing. And they're both so young, both twenty and under still. Um, yeah, adding if you 
let's let's not even think about the future. This season they've got those two. They've got Taylor Hall, PK PK Subban. They've got a decent little decor there, to be honest. Subban, Severson, uh, Will Butcher, uh, Sammy Vatanen. It's not bad. That's not a bad top four. Better than a lot of a lot of teams have. And yeah, they've got some nice nice pieces as well, like Carl Palmieri, Jesper Bratt, Jesper Bokvist is a, is another good young winger, Swedish winger coming up. There's yeah. I'd... Three problems with the Devils, don't you? Look at all gone. It's going to be goaltending. Ah, that's, that's that is it. That is it. Especially now that you traded away Keith Kincaid. <laughs> I was hoping you'd notice that. I was going to save that till the end and go, hey, Keith Kincaid's got another shot with the Canadians at oh, 1.75 million. Oh my gosh. That's, that's criminal. Should have I'm been 3.5. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You need, obviously, you obviously need Courage Schneider to have a bounce back. Is that asking um, too much? His injury. I don't know. It's obviously it's down to his, his hip. Was it his? It was his hips, wasn't it? Or his hip, wasn't it? That was you know he just kept having problems with it. And he kept favouring it, and you just think as a goalie, shh, like once your hip goes, like God, that's that's it, isn't fucked. it? That is it. It's not good. It's not ideal, Dan. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, they've got enough. I think they've got some like sixteen, seventeen million dollars in cap space. Yes, they've got to sign a few players, but it shouldn't be to massive deal. So you would think if there's a goalie out there, they could at least go and get one. To at least maybe mix it up or something or try something else if it's not working, but Schneider's yeah, still on a big ticket though, six million for another three years. I know, I know. But then like you say, twenty mil, you've you've got the space, don't you? So I think I think that would be their only issue. Is goaltending. Who's who's still out there as a goalie? It's gotta be got no idea. That's the thing, like, it feels like a lot and nothing. But like, I keep looking at the free agent list and I think, Christ, have they not signed? Have they not signed? There's a actually, there's a rumour going around that the Bruins are looking to trade Halak because he makes two point seven five. They're gonna call up a guy, they're gonna my fucking concussions, I can't remember his name. But they're gonna call up the guy from Providence. Obviously he's making league minimum. They then save that money and then they can afford to put more money on the deals for McAvoy, Carlo, and Heinen. So, I mean, maybe you can move, maybe make oh, Hudobin, maybe. And I, I think Hudobin's decent enough. If you try and do a split thing like the Islanders did or like the Stars did, maybe, I don't know. Well, Hudobin's still under contract with the Stars, so. You know what I mean? But we could like try, trade you know, like, at least like try and I trade, mean, yeah. Like, same with Halak, you could at least maybe try and do something. I, th- I think you'd have to. Um, you'd have to pony up something good for um for Hudobin though, unfortunately. For the Devils at least. Yeah, it's not really I mean they've got a, you know, they've got this I mean the Devils could for Hudobin, especially the Devils could move this injured defenseman they've just signed. I mean there's rumours his back's no good, so you know if they, if they can chuck <laughs> him in as as a sweetener. Yeah. <laughs> chuck in a younger a young PK as a sweetener, it might work. I, I, I know. I think but that's all you worth... could do, isn't it? Is backups. There's any backups really that you could sign if, if you know it turns out that Schneider's not working and Blackwood's not ready. I don't know Michael Neuwirth's there, and like he's not. True. I mean he's not been great, but he's he'd be worth a go, I reckon. Like if you've got no if you've got no choice, he's had some decent enough years out of him. I wonder if the hot, the hot commodity going forward is just going to be goalie trainers. Like we yeah. saw with Carolina, like the first thing the Sabres did, wasn't it, was steal that trainer from the, from Carolina. Oh, and who who was that Let's guy try. in um that guy Mitch Mitch Corn 
in Washington oh, to work yeah. with Brian Holby. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I mean, I think that's becoming more and more of a thing, though, isn't it? It should be. It should be. After what we saw last year with goalies and stuff, it, it should be. Oh, well, we, well, we, well, we may as well round off our New York discussion. Anders Lee puts his best chin forward and signs a <laughs> seven by seven deal with the Islanders. The Islanders had to do this. They could not lose their captain for the second year in a row, could they? I mean, I mean, they could have, and it'd have been great. But oh god, yeah, I think I think you're right. That would have been silly to do so. And as we mentioned, Simon Varmalov gets four years at five million dollars. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't. I don't yeah, like it at all. <laughs> yeah, me neither. But you've you've got to you've got to have a goalie, as uh, as I always say, Dan. <laughs> you've got to have a goalie. What does Thomas hang on? What does what does Thomas Grice make? Three three. God, mate, eight point three uh, for both of those goalies. That is, that's a lot of money for two not particularly good goalies. Yeah, but obviously, Grice and Lena last year were amazing, weren't they? And I think, yeah. I think they just think, well, we could, if we get a semi-decent goalie in and around that range, he'll work out fine. Yeah, I guess it's a bit uh, weird that they didn't just, I don't know, like you say, snap somebody up off, I don't know, not for agency, but even. Like a backup or something to get him in there for less money than that. But I mean, Grice played forty-three games from last year. I'd have, I'd have gone with Thomas Grice to be honest. And then yeah, like you say, well. just pick up like I don't know, like a, like a Cam Ward or whatever, or Michael Neuwirth. Or Michael Neuwirth. There we go. Yeah, very weird. That's a very yeah, not, weird deal. Not not a fan, especially for Lou. More than anything else, it was I was just because of who the GM is over there. It, it was kind of very surprising to me, but. Should we talk about lizards for a sec? <laughs> the, uh... Speaking of people who, who need someone to just come over and help them out. The lizard fancier himself, Paul Fenton, talking about Matt Zuccarello, who gets $6 million for five years. In what is probably the best quote I've seen in a long time, I told him when I was talking to him that he's like a lizard. The way a lizard takes his tongue and sticks it as far as it does and retrieves what it was trying to do. The amazing thing is, is that Zuccarello heard this and thought, yep, that's my kind of guy. <laughs> this gonna, is the guy I want to play there. for. This is a guy I want to play for. If I think it was quite amazing that last week you had Paul Fenton as the, <laughs> the worst co-GM of the year because of what he'd done in hiring his two GMs. I just... Fucking hell. I feel like Matt Zuccarello has been a bit of a, you know, as well as that player who thinks he's going to get loads of offers and then just has to sort of settle somewhere. I feel like that's what's happened to, um, that's what's happened to Zuccarello there. Like he's not necessarily gotten so. the deals that he wanted to elsewhere or the offers he's wanted to elsewhere. So he's just settled for somebody that's going to match his demands because he's not signing with the wild to, to do anything. I was going to say, you can't even say contend for a cup. It's just to do anything. To, to, to maybe make the playoffs, but probably not. I was amazed he did get signed by the Stars. Amazed. After what I he did in such a short time there. He looked perfect on that team. Like, perfect. He was the absolute perfect rental. That, that's he the came thing. in and immediately, immediately made a difference. And I just... Yeah, but the, that's the point of rentals, isn't it? At least if they show that, you would then think, hang on a minute, we've got something here. We need to work this out. And then the Stars signed Corey Perry and 
Sakara for one and a half million. Okay, so that's three million, and they've got what sort of a million and a half, two million left in cap space. You could have at least made something happen. I think with Zuccarello. I think the problem was term. It was never about the cap hit because it, it was basically Pavelski or Zuccarello. And uh, yeah, the problem was that like, Zuccarello wanted five years. Yeah, he got six by five. Yeah, six yeah, five. he wanted he wanted five, and um, the stars were only going to give him four. So they said no, and then I like Zuccarello was really good, but the fact that he's got five years and with a no trade clause, I'd rather have Pavelski for three. I think it's from an asset management standpoint. I think it's a better better decision. But if you could. If you take Corey Perry and Sakara out, though, and freed up that money, wouldn't you have given it to Zuccarello for five years after what he did? Yeah, but they need those players, really. Like, they need another another insurance team, and in case Stephen Johns doesn't come back from his, um, from his post-traumatic uh, headaches. And, yeah, picking up... Hell, if, if picking up Corey Perry for one and a half million is getting in the way of you signing the player, like, you, have, you can't afford it, sort of thing. Yeah, true, true. Interesting that Ryan Hartman gets another new team. He is <laughs> collecting teams like Pokemon at the moment. I think it's just mad. It's, it's This is Ryan Hartman who cost the Predators at first. And and now he's going to be on his, on his fourth proper team in, uh, well, three years. Yeah, That's Chicago, Nashville, Philly, and now, uh, now Minnesota. Philly. And now Minnesota. Yes, I mean fair enough. It's you know, I guess I, I, maybe it's one of those things that the talent's there. He's just got to harness it or something. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really get why. I think it's just got to come down to to money, sort of thing. Like Hartman's a decent enough player, but he's the sort of player that is expendable if you can't afford to have him. True, and I think the reason yeah, he's, that, getting one, he's getting one point nine, isn't he, for two years? That's the thing, and and he was traded for a player who effectively does the same thing. But half the cost in Tyler Pitlick, yeah. who only makes one million. And then my understanding is that the Stars tried to re-sign him for less than one point nine million. He wasn't up for it, so they said, "I'll oh, stuff it. See you later." Then, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's a weird one. A curious case of Ryan Hartman. It is. It is. I think he's, he's just one of these odd, odd man out kind of players, isn't he? He he bounces around not because he's bad or bastard. So what? Poor bastard. You've always been the odd man out, right? <laughs> yeah, sorry, Ryan. See you later, mate. Nobody really wants you. That's it. That's the problem, though. Good, good third line forward can jump up, jump up onto the second line if needs be. You just don't. He's not good enough to make the effort to keep around, sort of thing. In what was maybe the antithesis of the whole couple of days of free agency and trades and all that kind of thing. Timo Meyer re-signs with the San Jose oh. Sharks for four years at $6 million. What is in the water in San Jose, Will? What, what's not to like about that signing, eh? Like, jeez, That's just beautiful, isn't I'm gonna it? Say, we're going we're gonna to say this a lot this year, I feel, but Timo Meyer last season, 66 points, $6 million. Jeff Skinner, 63 points, $9 million. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny that you mentioned... Um, uh, sorry, Jeff Skinner, because he's the only redeeming quality of that Brandon Tanev contract. <laughs> Brandon Tanev, 2.9, uh, 29 points. Jeff Skinner, 63 points. Skinner, 9 million. Brandon Tanev, less than half of that. Absolute bargain. 
But yeah, yeah, that's that's crazy. That Meyer thing. I think I think he's unfortunately for him underpaid. <laughs> but I'll say the the term is good for him. The term's bad for the team. But yeah, the um yeah the cap hit. Ah, chef's kiss, fantastic. But in San Jose, though, that's something weird that goes on there. That's going to work. What it is? I, th- I think it's the fact that you're in a really, really, really nice place, and they've got I a good so. team. I guess if you're uh, on a good team with lots of good players, it's a cool area to live. You'll forego a couple of million dollars, maybe. Yeah. And great to see young young Tim Heed get a, a one year deal <laughs> was, as well. I was just about to say another another important bit of business <laughs> for the Sharks. <laughs> Shout out to young Tim Heed. Big up, big up, young Timmy. Yeah, I think it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a bright future for for the old Sharkies and, and Timo Meyer. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's look at the Leafs then, and that's uh, let's include the Sens in this because bizarrely, after Eugene comes out and laughs at the fact that the Leafs have forgotten about defense <laughs> and. They've made loads of mistakes. They decide to sign the coach and, in some ways, help out the Leafs by getting rid of some of their bad contracts for them. Ron Hainsey <laughs> gets his reward for being called Ron Hainsey and gets and gets what figure, Will? Uh, $3.5 million. <laughs> yep, yeah, $3.5, yeah, $3.5 million. He gets $3.5 million for being called Ron Hainsey, as I said. Tyler Ennis, as well, is, is over there. There's also a, def- a trade facilitated and very generous, very, very generous of the Sens to help out the Leafs by loading that Nikita Zaitsev contract. With the Leafs obviously getting back Cody Ceci, other pieces involved as well, but kind of picks. I, I, the Sens also got Connor Brown, which I think is decent. I think, you know, Connor Brown for what is he, $2 million or something like that? Yeah, he's I think a, that's he's a, a good little price. player, Connor Brown, and like given yeah, an expanded role, he could, could do all right. Could do something there. So, yeah, Leafs and the Sens. Best friends. I, I had a really good theory about this trade and specifically that that flabbergasting third round pick that the Senators sent to the Leafs. But it's unfortunately since been disproven. I thought they'd thrown in that third round pick because CeCe was going to sign with the Leafs as he has done, sign in yeah. mostly signing bonus and then say uh, a league minimum 700k salary. The Leafs would uh-huh. pay the signing bonus, then trade him back to Ottawa. But um, uh, okay, okay, that's what I was thinking would happen. But no, that four and a half million dollar contract that he signed today is uh, all salary. So I reckon that's probably Indeed. not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, Alex Kafut resigned today as well, didn't he? Uh, um, four years for how much, then? I'm going to pluck this number out of my head wildly. But I'm going to say 3.5. Uh, reports are indeed four years at three point five million dollars. <laughs> There's something going you know on, Dan. There's something going on. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to find You've it. You've got to give the uh, as much as I hated his stupid face last year. You've got to give Cal Dubas the boy wonder credit because I think he's done an amazing job of moving that cap around, getting rid of the Marlowe contracts. Fair enough, he paid a first to do it, but that was the cost he had to pay to to get it done. They've made changes at the blue line. Fair enough. Not amazing, groundbreaking. I know there's people already shitting on the uh, Tyson Barry deal. Uh, Tyson Barry, yeah, yeah, Tyson yes. Barry, yeah, the Tyson Barry deal, and saying that essentially 
they've swapped Nikita Zaitsev for the Ottawa Senators version of Nikita Zaitsev, but he's made some changes, and that and that's a good thing. And he's done it staying on the cap. He's re-signed Kapanen and Janssen, who were prime prime offer sheet targets, saying for like you know we'll give like Kapanen five million dollars or Janssen five million dollars. You know they and he's done well to keep those players, and he has got one thing left to do. And I think now I'm sure now he's got something like is it like ten million dollars left? Ten and a half to, to hopefully and that's if it's there, that's Marner's money. Is that it's nine point four. But that's 9. 4. Okay. that's after Nathan Horton goes on injured reserve. The, oh, okay. The, this is the interesting side of it. Um so yeah, nine point four after Nathan Horton goes on injured reserve, but in but Nathan Horton has to have a roster spot. On the first day of the season, so he has to exist. Oh. To then go on, so they can't actually use that cap space until after the first day of the season. What makes that further complicated? So, so Horton not only has to count against the cap, but he has to have one of the twenty-three roster spaces. And there isn't a single player on the Maple Leafs roster, as it stands, who is exempt from waivers. Shit. So, so there's not even somebody that they can just chuck down on a paper transaction quickly. So as, as it stands today, they've only got $3.765 million in uh, in cap space to sign Mitch Marner. Huh, how about that? So they're gonna they're probably gonna have to make a trade. If they can find someone to take that. sorry, there's only there's only one more year of Horton's contract, so they can find someone to take that. That's still not really a lot of money. To sign Mitch Marner. No, but here's what you do: if you're if you're a team who's got plenty of cap space and doesn't want to spend it, I was talking about the Avs. I was talking about the Avs before. One of the mistakes, obviously, we've seen is that GMs have. It's like they've just got pocket money. They've got pocket money and they have to spend it. The GMs, for some reason, have decided, well, I'm, I'm going to spend up to the cap, even if it makes my team unnecessarily worse or not even better. If you're the abs, do you maybe go to Toronto and say, yeah, we'll, we'll take that Nathan Hawthorne contract, but same with Marlowe. It's going to cost you. Yeah. It's going to cost you a couple of picks or something it's, like that. It's going to cost you Kasperi Kapanen. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's going to. You could. Hardball him. Hardball him. If you're going to take that Horn contract, you you want a first and Kapanen. You want Austin Matthews. You want seven firsts. You know what I mean? Like, just take. Yeah, you start off crazy, don't you? This take is what I want, with them. And I'll take it off you. Give me yeah. William Nylander. Just take, yeah, take the piss. Yeah, yeah, why not? But I think that was part of the reason why some of these, like the Sens ones, just like the Sens one especially, where they were just, it seemed like with that Zaitsev contract, they were just kind of almost helping them out, like <laughs> like doing them a favour. I don't, I don't mind the, I don't mind the Colorado one too much, but again, it still seems like... <laughs> that Colorado came out worse than that deal compared to what the Leafs wanted and that they got Alex Kerfoot, who's a great player, and they got Tyson Barry, which is that right-handed defenseman that they wanted. And teams seem to realise that the Leafs want these things and we're just happy to give it to them without seemingly giving up too much. And the, the Leafs are basically the um, Eastern Conference version of the Chicago Blackhawks, really. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I just, yeah, I don't get that trade at all. Obviously, like I said, we're trading away Tyson Barry. Like, the Avalanche actually need Tyson Barry. It's not like the Predators trading away Subban where they've got Dante Fabro coming up and, you know, could yeah. reasonably replace him. But the fact that you're sending off Barry 
and Kerfoot for Kadri, Rosen and a third. Like, I just... It's not like they needed the cap space to... Not like they couldn't afford to sign Kerfoot. It's... Yeah, just just a bit weird. Just a bit weird. <laughs> and I think if you, I think like I said before, if you're a team who's got cap space, you can go to the Leafs and say, "I want player X, be it Johnson, Kapan, and whatever." And a first, they still have plenty of pieces. They're still a young team. They don't need the, the Leafs. Don't need all of their draft picks like desperately for the next couple. Of, they're not in a rebuild. Yeah. This is it, like, and and you absolutely should hold, you know, rake them over the coals, like, take advantage, and don't don't settle for like a bloody Zach Hyman or whatever. <laughs> Hit them where it hurts, because what's what's going to happen if you don't if you don't take out Nathan Hawke contracts? They're not going to be able to sign Mitch Marner, really, without trading away other pieces. That that's the thing, yes. like they they almost need to get out in front of it and and start shopping. Kappen and Johnson, yeah, you know, start shopping it rather than having, yeah, I don't know, rather than just saying, oh, what's it going to take for you to take Nathan Horton? Say, right, who wants Kasperi Kappen? You've got to take a Horton contract, but Kappen's out there. We'll give you Kappen. Who wants him? That way, it becomes yeah. a bidding war rather than you being having the terms dictated to you. I mean, no doubt with Dubas's Jedi mind tricks, he'll just get some team to take Nathan Thornton's contract for like a 2027 seventh or something. <laughs> and that'll be it. I mean, yeah, it's probably going to end up like that. But some team will just do the leaps of favour because cause that's what they seem to be doing at the moment. We can only hope that someone's going to hold them over the barrel. We hope so. Speaking of people being held over the barrel, I think Julian and the Breezy Boys ganged the pond Jim Benning, didn't they? For that JT Miller first overall. <laughs> First overall. First overall, Jesus. Uh, For that first round pick, because everybody knows, everybody knows the Lightning are in an absolute cap hell at the moment. And they have to get rid of players. So the Canucks decide to give them a first for JT Miller. And I don't understand why. I mean, the the thing I have a problem with this is JT, JT Miller's a good player. He's a good player. He's fine. He's he's probably worth a first round pick. In in a lot of yeah, in years gone by, he would have been worth it. It's it's the situation that he was in. the The Tampa Bay should not have gotten the Tampa Bay. The Lightning shouldn't have gotten a first round pick based on the situation they were in. So there's a lot of slagging of JT Miller going around, but really, it's it's more of a slagging of Jim Penning than it is JT Miller, or at least it should be. Do you really think JT Miller's worth first? He's a fifty-eight point season, fifty-six point season. Yeah, I think Once. he is. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Once. Yeah, you can only have one of those each time, really. He's t- he's twenty-six years old, mate. He's a he's a decent player. He's scored over forty-five points for the last three seasons. I don't know. I twenty-six. I, I would have. I, I would have gone a second. I think I think of. Do you know what it is? It's not well, the fact then, that, then you wouldn't the have gotten JT. Miller. It's the fact that you. Yeah, good. <laughs> good. Good. Fuck him. Fine. Okay then. I'll find another forty-five point player who doesn't cost me a first. Fifty-eight point player, mate. It's and not it, was, bad. it was forty-seven points last year in seventy-five games. Sorry, so sorry, you will uh, you'll put some respect on JT Miller's name. It's not that. 
it's like I said, it's the fact that everyone knows the lightning rope shits creek. Yeah, that's the problem. Really badly. And you then you then just like, yeah, we'll take JT Miller. Like, oh okay then. <laughs> we'll give him we'll give you a first. Okay then. Uh, uh no, we want uh we want the first and Peterson. No, we'll just yeah. give you the first. Oh, all right then, you've oh, beaten us down. Then. Fine. You've, yeah. I think what happened was I think Julian and the Breezy Boys went round to Jim Benning's office and just mugged him for that first. I think it was a shook it out of him. Benning had, yeah, Benning had no chance in a one on three. I think I think one Breezy Boy on each side, and then Julian like Julian just like was just laying in punches to the gut until until Benning gave in. Give me a first. Give me a first. Is it is it lottery protected? Yes, it goes. It's it got go to be, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it goes to the season after. Well, he says. <laughs> what are you laughing? It goes to the season after, does it? <laughs> when does when does that ever come round to bite a team on the ass? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Can you imagine? We're going to do this all again, aren't we? Buzzing, absolutely buzzing. All again. We're going to do this all again, and we're going to say, "Can you imagine the type of a winter Stanley Cup?" I'm going to get the first overall pick <laughs> in that year's draft. <laughs> it's going to be really good. Oh dear God! And then, to, and then to round it off, Tyler Myers because he is tall. Oh Jesus Christ! I've forgotten about that. Five years at six million dollars. I mean, at least it's not seven by seven. <laughs> yeah, which was what was being rumored. Fucking hell. I don't know what's happened. I don't know what's happened this offseason. So far in this signing, I don't know what's gone on. These GMs have just gone crazy. I mean, the- just spending money where you, like I said before, you don't have the cap room to spend all this money. I don't get. They're signing these free agents before they've got all these RFAs who need signing. Unless they're unless they're just going to try and couture off them. I don't know. It's it's like when you get paid and you you, know, you go out for a nice bit of, bit of food, you know, go out on a couple of nights out, get yourself some new new garbs and all that, maybe buy a new PlayStation game or whatever. You're like, oh, I'm nuts! I've got to pay my bloody bills. What have I done? Yeah, As, I think I've said this before, but I remember when I first ever rented my own house with my ex girlfriend. I was looking at the bank account after the second month we'd been there, and I was and I I literally said to her. It's like, I don't get what people complain about. We've got so much money in the fucking bank account. This is ridiculous. So she looks and she goes, oh my God, we've got... Why can people complain about having no money? They just don't know how to manage their money properly, do they? So, so we went out and bought like a new couch and like a new TV and all this stuff. And then on the third month, we got the gas, water and electric bill. <laughs> and we went, oh shit. <laughs> We just forgot. Like, of course, you've got to pay for all these things. Okay, carrying we your sofa back to DFS. Yeah, we were, we're honestly, we were dirt poor then for like the next four months because we just not banked on obviously having to pay other bills apart from the rent. There's other but, things you have to pay for, and that's what's happened here. Proper comfy sofa. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's oh, just mate. I, th- I think the thing with the, the Myers contract, like, it was going to be inevitable. Yes, it was always going to be bloody Vancouver, but it was. It's not that good a free agent class for D men. That's why you've got your Anton Strawman's getting five point five. It's why you've That's got a good point. like Tyler Myers getting six by six. Is is partly because of the class and partly because he's one of those players that still has that reputation of being better than he actually is. Yeah, true. They've 
no matter how well he performed, the geezer was a third pairing defenseman last year. It's it's only oh. worse that he wasn't very good on top of it. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good, Dan. He's going to be a third pairing defenseman this year as well. <laughs> <laughs> but he'll be a very it'll be a bit, but he'll be a very tall one. So that's okay. Oh, six for eight. Six for eight. I didn't realize he was that big. Yeah, dude, he's fucking massive. He's bloody enormous. Takes piss, really. All right, then. Let's round off with looking at our top three best and worst deals. What have you got for your top three best deals? Uh, my top three are... I'm going to start with Sebastian Ajo. That offer sheet was very good for, for both him and the... Well, not, not good for him, but good for the Hurricanes. And still eight and a half million is not too bad for him. Yeah. Uh, Jonas Donskoy, 3.9 for, for four. Fantastic. And Timo Meyer. Six by four, so well done, everyone. Yeah, my only difference was uh, was Panarin. I know, <laughs> I get that it's saying a great eleven and a half million dollars is a great deal, but I don't care. I I'm a huge Panarin fan. I would have said whoever took him was a huge winner in the, on this day. So yeah, I'm taking the Panarin deal as well because I love him. It's 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 hard to not be happy with the the best player available on the day, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, what have you got for your three worst? My three worst are going to be, uh, unsurprisingly, Brandon Tanev. Uh, uh, yeah, did you uh, did by any chance write Brandon Tanev three times, did you? No, I, I was going to write him six times, but then I thought that's just <laughs> too many, uh, far too many times to have Brandon Tanev <laughs> over and over and uh, over again. Um, then I've got Sergei Bobrovsky, 10 million for seven years, which is just despicable. Uh, and then I've got a new entry to the uh, to the UFA signings list, Ben Chirot. He's got three years at three and a half million, unsurprisingly. No, he hasn't. He has. There's, there's a conspiracy there, Dan. Three and a half million. First, 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 hell. first I saw that. Man. I saw that on Twitter before I logged on to do the show, and I saw... I saw the end. I didn't see the whole thing. So we just said, oh, well, Ben Chirot signed three years. And I was like, oh, it's going to be like 1.5 or $2 million, whatever. So, you know, not been looking at it. He did not get three and a half million dollars. It's, ju- it's just getting weird at this point. Really, really weird. weird. They're paying a seven. Yeah. Oh, God. They're going to pay a healthy scratch, three and a half million dollars to sit in the press box eating crisps. What the- he's uh, he's, <laughs> he's going to be really good playing with um with Carl Osner and the AHL. Oh, fucking hell. I forgot about the Arsenal deal. Oh, my God. They, they basically God. signed Arsenal too. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing nothing boogalicious about that, though. No, not at all. Jesus Christ. Okay. So, obviously, I went with Brandon Tanev. I went with Tyler Myers. Yeah, five yeah. years, $6 million for a third pair in D. And I went for the uh, Sebastian Ahuafa sheet, which is a very bad deal in a whole <laughs> other kind of way. Which I just thought was, yeah, I, I didn't hate it at first. I was excited about an offer sheet, and then the more I thought about it, the more angry I got. So I just, yeah, I just ended up getting annoyed with Bergevin. So I thought that was a terrible deal. It, it's as well. just, it was disrespectful, is what it was, really. A slap in the face. Oh, All right, yeah. then. Cheers, folks. Long on this week, but yeah, we had so much to catch up on. If you want to get in touch with us, you can on Twitter. I'm at Dan Straight Edge. Well, you are at W E V E V E R E T T. At two bits, one puck, number two, number one. Will, any last words? Just, just stop paying people $3.5 million. I don't care what they're doing, who they are. Just stop. Please. Okay, take care, folks. We'll see you later. Peace.